It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to our Friday Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug Lamarise, Nathan Baird, and a special guest that we won't reveal just quite yet. This is my final Buckeye Talk. So we are going to talk about the podcast and we're going to talk about what it's like to cover Ohio State, what it's like to balance Nathan, all the things that we try to do. At Cleveland.com, I do think that that's an appropriate sort of three-part finale to my time here. I did a self-absorbed three hours of tears on the Wednesday pod. That was me. Then Thursday, Nathan, you and I dug in on this team. Can they win a national championship? So we covered the team, which, you know, you probably should do on Ohio State football podcast. And now today, I think it's about the pod. It is about this thing, this entity, Nathan, that exists as part of our coverage, as an important part of our coverage. And I do think sometimes people sort of like, you know, coming behind the scenes a little bit of, in the sports journalism world, how you try to do all this stuff. So I, I want to start with this. And when we did the podcast, I, I don't even know how long ago, was it like 18 months ago now, where I had all the different people from the other Ohio State beats on. Maybe it's even longer than that. And we talked about what it's like to cover Ohio State. What's it like to be on this beat? All the different priorities that different outlets have. So Nathan, because we're going to have a, a conversation sort of about a little bit behind the scenes inside stuff on this, what was it like for you when you came to cover Ohio State after covering Purdue sports in West Lafayette? What, how, how, unexpected was it how much was like oh no it's covering college sports i get it like this is you know it's different but it's the same deal what did you think uh of the whole thing when you got here well right away the biggest difference is just the scope it's just the size of the beat and the size of the media contingent that covers this team on a daily basis it's among the biggest that covers any team anywhere probably at least in this country, I don't know what it's like uh, if you go overseas. If it, if it gets crazy in in, in um, Premier League soccer or something, I don't know. But like as far as American sports, it, it's one of the bigger roving uh, contingents that covers uh, that covers anybody. And you went, I went from a place where you know you're covering Purdue basketball, which is at the time one of the best programs in the country, still still one of the best programs in the country, uh, first round results from last year notwithstanding. Um, 
And, but you're in, it, it's just such a smaller scope. Like you, you know, you go to practice, uh, you go to interviews before practice and it's just you and maybe two or three other people standing in a hallway and you kind of get as much time as you want with any player you want within reason. And here you come in and you walk into the Ohio state team room. That's kind of almost full with the media that are there covering the team that day. And it's just that first day walking in just kind of gave you an idea, gave me an idea of the how things have been the, how how it gets ratcheted up for this big good or big bad oh i just think it's what it is it it's it's it it's reflective of and you were talking about this yesterday on your your tear fest uh 2 days ago on your mm. tear your teary farewell about how in it, Purdue basketball that's a state that's it's not just divided but it's the it's the lesser half of that state like Indiana University is the flagship university and the Blue Blood basketball program and produce a secondary thing to that. It just is and it always will be in a lot of ways. But here, Ohio State football dominates the state, dominates all, cuts through yeah, the yeah. other I, NFL how fan bases. have a podcast where I don't interrupt you? Yeah, no, no. I mean, the beat, like you walk, you said you walk into the room. Right. Do you think like, why are, this is too many people. Why are no. there so many like this is, I, I don't want to be here. There's too many people here. I'm not going to be able to do my job. I'm going to have to wade through this massive humanity in an attempt to cover this team. Or did you think, oh, well, this seems important and vital. And hey, we can all sort of, you jump in there together and your questions help this person and their questions help you. Did you think the size of the beat and the level of competition and the, honestly, the saturation as a journalist, did you find that to be more good or more bad? Well, I mean, the, the competition, the level, of the, high, the size of the beat, like all those things, that's what you're signing up for. You're you're stepping up. So, no, I thought it was reflective of the importance of the program and the, the stature of the program. The saturation is the one thing that maybe we could all do a better job of. We do tend to all um, repeat ourselves and repeat each other. And that's on each individual site, I guess, to figure out a way around that. Um, it does get a little redundant sometimes. Um, but as far as just the size and the resources that people are putting towards this program, there's a reason for it. And that's what I was saying before that it, it dominates this state in a way that a lot of other programs don't dominate their state. I just wrote down robots on my uh, legal pad. So I forgot. That's another thing we got to talk about. I want to talk about robots before we get out of here. Would you say, Nathan, you were a veteran journalist when you got here. How old were you when you, you came to the Ohio state beat? Uh, I, I, I was just turning 41. I had either just turned 40. I turned 41 like that week. Yeah. Oh, happy birthday. So Damn. you were a man. Would you say that you were a man? You had a beard. Like You were a man, right? Like a man, like a man's man, like a West Lafayette <laughs> yes. man. Um. Yes. Mike Gundy would tell you I was a man. I was yeah. 41. I was even more like than if, him. I was one year beyond a man. Like an adult human, like if when you walked into the room, someone had said, look at that guy with the beard. That's a, an adult. Do you think it would have been intimidating or perhaps terrifying for a younger journalist, maybe one without a beard, to walk into that room and look at all these people and think, oh, how, what, how am I going to do this? Would you have been just scared if you were, say, instead of 41, if you were 26? What, would you, what do you think it would have been like? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. I think over time, like you get used to I mean, just things like asking questions in that press conference every Tuesday. It's a different audience. It's a different 
vibe than you have covering teams that are smaller. So I think having been to, you know, NCAA tournaments and, and other th- events where you have to do that a little bit prepares you. The more you do that, the better prepared you are to come here and, and do it in this sort of environment. Yeah. But there's also people on this beat that have only kind of experienced this. You know, the guys at the Lantern, I think, ask smart questions. They're, they're younger guys, obviously. So um, you maybe it's sort of like it just gives you something to, to a level to rise up to. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember when I was a young journalist. I was, I was, I don't know, was I? Yeah, no, I think scared would have been the right word. I, I can, I would be so nervous to ask questions, and I just wound up on a major league baseball beat when I was young and not ready for it. And I would go to spring training for six weeks, and my wife would just like be back at home just like praying that I would be brave enough to ask the questions I wanted to ask. Cause I was so <laughs> nervous all the time. So I can't imagine being a terrified young journalist coming onto a beat. Like, Oh, Andrew's here. That's right. I forgot. Uh, um, Andrew is here and Andrew is the new member of the cleveland.com Ohio state coverage team. Your friend and mine, a new voice that you will be hearing constantly. Get ready. You're meeting a new friend, Buckeye Talk listeners, right? He's here. Andrew, how, how, you're like 33, right? How old are you again? I'm 26. 26 years of age. (laughs) 26. 26 years of age. (laughs) And uh, you are joining us here. You are Andrew Gillis. And you, my friend are now part of Buckeye Talk. And uh, it wouldn't be Buckeye Talk if I didn't welcome you by being a jerk and making you feel bad about yourself. Just ask Nathan and Steven. So welcome and congratulations on not having to work with me on a regular basis. This is the crossover (laughs) handing of the torch. Nathan's like, could I go back in time and have it be the thing where I come in and Doug leaves? Like, that sounds great. Doesn't that sound great, Nathan? It's like the greatest fringe benefit that's ever been negotiated in advanced local history. I could, because Nathan and I met and had lunch, like as you were getting hired, Nathan. It was like, hey, go meet this guy. And I can just imagine Nathan going back to his then fiance and being like, uh, oh, yeah, I met this guy. You know, the guy is leaving. He seems like an okay guy, but, you know, it'll be good. And then be like, what? Like you get here and you're just like, oh, you're he's not leaving? He's still going to be here? So, Andrew, welcome to Buckeye Talk. You have been part of our Cleveland.com family already. You are new to the Ohio State beat. You are not new to covering big-time sports in Ohio. So why don't you introduce – these are your new friends, by the way. Say hello. Look out into hello, the audience. Everybody. There are Hope you're all thousands. doing well. Hope you enjoy the sound of my voice. Oh, it's very pleasing. Do you ever go, does your voice go high ever? No, it sounds like you have a normal range of your voice. I think I have a normal range. I think I'll get squeaky voice uh, at Hmm. some points during the season, but I don't think it'll be too often. I don't think we're going to have any, any Mickey Mouse moments, but. (laughs) In a variety of ways, we've had many Mickey Mouse moments. There's like a triple meaning to that. There's the squeaky (laughs) voice, there's the Disney talk, and there's just the uh, lack of maturity. So, um. Andrew, you have been covering the Cincinnati Bengals for us here at Cleveland.com, and now you are covering the Ohio State Buckeyes. What do you think of coming on to this beat and getting ready to cover Ohio State? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Um, you know, I think, you know, you mentioned it, you know, I covered the Bengals this past season. And I think that that kind of, I mean, that I covered the Ravens in 2019 when Lamar won MVP and went crazy. Like, it feels like I've kind of done a lot in the professional game. I think one of the things that I'm excited for is just the chaos that is college football. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a lot, you know, I'm, uh, you know, as we record this, I'm, I'm still kind of technically on vacation. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been looking up just kind of trying to memorize roster stuff and trying to memorize numbers with names and who's from where and, and looking at recruiting classes and things like that. So, you know, just starting to kind of familiarize myself with it. I mean, obviously we got big 10 media day next week and that's going to be just kind of throwing me into the fire pretty quick, but, uh, it's been a it's been a fun and somewhat and sometimes overwhelming transition, I would say, over these last couple of days. What did you think of covering the Bengals last season? A team that has a bunch of Buckeyes on them, including Joe Burrow, who still says he's a Buckeye. Sam Hubbard, right? Very important. Uh, Von Bell. Eli Apple. Bunch of dudes over there, but not just from an Ohio State perspective. I mean, that was a team... That I I think I would say, and again, this is Cleveland.com, but in terms of drawing the interest of a wide range of Ohio football fans, I think this version of the Bengals is the only football team in my time since I got here in 2005 that would at all compete with the Buckeyes in terms of general interest and like, Hey, Hey, like I live in Ohio. I think I might pay attention to these guys. Now there are people in Cleveland right now who are hearing that and, and would disagree with it, or maybe it might make them angry, but also I think you kind of know what I'm talking about. What was it like covering that team? And what was that beat like? Was it crowded and it felt like it was hard to maneuver or was it not as many people and you felt like you could kind of do some stuff? Yeah. Well, so I answered the second part of that first. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, the, you know, how crowded the beat could be and how many people are there. Uh, super was not that, uh, you know, we would have, I would say daily from written journalists, you know, anywhere 12 to 14, just kind of a quick rough estimate in my head. Uh, on Fridays, Zach Taylor would come into the media room and sit down with us. And there were probably eight to 10 of us on, on Fridays. And Fridays in the NFL are the days where, hey, is Sam Hubbard going to play this week? No? Okay. Is Sam, you know, is Trey Henderson going to play this week? You're not going to say? Okay. Like, it was very, you know, you got all the injury updates just casually sitting around. So, um, you know, so that was uh, that was kind of a, a neat little, I guess, benefit, if you will, just kind of getting the ability to talk to, you know, these guys that in a non-crowded, non-crazy beat environment. Um, you know, and, and then covering the team this year, I mean, <laughs> so I started the Monday before week one and the first game that they played that season went into overtime. Um, I've never thought I would write about a long snapper as much as I did, but the Bengals long snapper got hurt. They missed a PAT late. The game went to overtime. Um, you know, we had the DeMar game this past season, you know, we had, uh, of the Hubbard yard dash where Sam Hubbard had the 100 yard fumble return in the end zone. Um, we had the AFC championship game. It was just a crazy year. Like, it, like, and, um, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed kind of getting to know, um, you know, the players and the other media members and things like that. But yeah. Oh, like, oh my God, it was pretty much from the time that I got there, it was just nonstop a hundred miles an hour all the time. And everywhere you turn, there was some crazy turn 
that you just didn't think was even possible. DeMar, of course, referencing the DeMar Hamlin game when the the player for the Buffalo Bills um, nearly died on the field and was brought back and just an amazing story. And again, that was against the Bengals and you guys were in the thick of covering that. Since we have this audience, Andrew, it still is difficult for me at times to wrap my head around that the Joe Burrow that started at Ohio State is the Joe Burrow that exists with the Cincinnati Bengals right now. What the Joe Burrow that I know is the backup guy who loves Matthew Delavadova, and I've covered that a million times. What was Joe Burrow superstar NFL quarterback like to cover? Because NFL quarterbacks, my understanding of being around the Browns just a little bit, it it's just different by nature, right? That that chatting with a quarterback is not exactly like chatting with a you know a safety or a defensive end or that kind of thing. But what was Joe like? What was the access to Joe like? And and what was he kind of like as a dude while being one of the faces of the NFL? Yeah, I, I think the first word would be genuine um, that I think I would I would kind of use to describe him. I mean, you, you know, you mentioned you think of him as the Ohio State quarterback. I was at the Illinois game in 2017 when it rained harder than it ever has in Columbus, Ohio before. And I was in the stands and I watched Joe Burrow go, I think it was like 0 for 3 or something like that. Um, so I remember, you know, kind of watching that and like, you know, I'm sure you and everybody listening would kind of say like, nobody thought that, you know, at least at the time that Joe Burrow was going to be MVP level quarterback. And so kind of throughout this rise from kind of that to, you know, kind of what he was in the last two seasons, I think genuine is is the right word because, you know, he obviously has all the, you know, everybody, you know, the Joe cool stuff, the, you know, everybody talks about, you know, just the swagger and the confidence that he has. I mean, that's, that's genuine. Like the intensity he has is genuine. You know, I remember when, um, when they lost to the Steelers in that week one game and, um, you know, in the, in the, in a crazy overtime game, we were in the locker room and Joe just kind of sat back full uniform. We're, I mean, we're in the media, we're in the locker room for, you know, 20, 30 minutes after the game's over, after Zach Taylor does his press conference, Joe is just sitting there full uniform, just kind of staring ahead, thousand yard stare. Like he's a very intense dude. Um, he's, he's very calculated, I think too, with kind of what he says. I mean, if you ever watch some of his press conference, he doesn't really say too much, you know, it doesn't really go out and say a ton, but every once in a while, he'll kind of let this, this confidence through. And, um, you know, he had the one quote during the season, the window is my career. Somebody asked him about the Bengals Super Bowl window. And he said, you know, the window is my career. Like that was, that was what I think I respected the most about Joe Burrow was that whenever he said something, it, I mean, obviously, you know, to some extent there have to be stock answers, but whenever he said something, you, you tended to believe it, or at least kind of understand what he was telling you was, was genuinely how he felt. I like that. I might use that. The window is my career. That was a great line. <laughs> I feel like for, for someone like me, it would be like the window that someone would want to throw me out of is my career. But I think that's probably <laughs> right for Joe Burrow, as long as he's around. Like Tom Brady thought that. It was like, oh, well, I guess he's he's 40 now. The Patriots can't. It's like, what are you talking about? If he's on the field, because when you're a player like that, when you feel like you can't win a Super Bowl or you can't compete for a Super Bowl anymore, you might be done. So as long as he thinks it, then the team should think it. Um that's very interesting. It's I do think, Nathan, Joe Burrow remains a touch point for Ohio State. CJ Stroud used Joe Burrow as a touch point. I think if if you know when you said to CJ Stroud, now I think he might have done that 
whether Joe Burrow had played at Ohio State or not, because I think in terms of accuracy and some athleticism, but not a guy who's going to run a ton, although I do think Joe Burrow is more athletic and more of a runner than CJ was, but competitiveness and that, well, I think just CJ saw Joe Burrow as a comp regardless, but Devin Brown, I think, referenced Joe Burrow the second he got here. It is interesting, Nathan. Andrew can just inject this and be like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Because Joe Burrow is going to come up in conversation because for the fact that he was never a starting quarterback at Ohio, Nathan, it is interesting how much Joe Burrow still matters. Well, I mean, especially with the way that Ryan Day has recruited this quarterback room, because everybody who comes here thinks to themselves, well, maybe worst case scenario, I can be Joe Burrow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which I don't mean go on and have the greatest season in history of college football, but you come here and you think, well, like it's going to be crowded and it's going to be a, a, a tough room to stand out in. But if worst case scenario, if I have to go somewhere else, I'm set up to have success. That's I, Ryan day has, I think, you know, used Joe Burrow's name a lot in the way that he talks to guys in the recruiting process. Cause I know he said it to us in, in answering questions about things like that. So that's this question that Ohio State has had, this absence of NFL success at the single most important position in football, which is changing a little bit. Justin Fields may be on the precipice of something. CJ Stroud drafted very high. Like, but that 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 absence needed to be filled by someone in order for Ryan Day to really fully capture his vision here of making this QBU and making it a kind of factory for this kind of quarterback. And He's doing that with these guys, with Fields, with with Stroud. But I think Burrow is an important part of that, even if he didn't finish his career here. So it's one of these things, Andrew, when guys come from the NFL, Ryan Day came from the NFL. Jeff Halfley, Ryan Day's first uh, first defensive coordinator, came from the NFL. Tim Walton, who's the cornerback's coach now, came from the NFL, came from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that comes up. When you come from the NFL, you kind of mention it. Because everybody here, all the players here, that's where they want to get. So if you ask a lot of questions this season that begin with something like, when I was covering the NFL, comma, blah, da, 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 you know, I'm just saying you could do that. There's not a ton of people in that room, Nathan, to my knowledge, that have covered the NFL. And so, you know, I don't know. Did you, um, you don't have like a, you didn't win like a ring or anything, did you? Did you have like a? Do you have a Bengals uh, jacket or something that you could wear, Andrew? Probably not, right? They don't give jackets or, or or like a knit cap or anything to beat writers. You don't have Bengals swag you'd want to walk around in in the Woody, right? <laughs> no, I don't. No. no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> it would be weird. Nathan, would it be weird or kind of cool if you wore a Joe Burrow jersey to interviews one day? Yes or no? What do you think, Nathan? Weird. Quite no, weird. Okay. I'm, yes. just, I'm just – okay. Andrew, listen to Nathan. He's the veteran guy around here now. So like whatever you guys say, (laughs) that's great. Maybe I would wear it, but that's okay. Don't wear it. Nathan, what advice would you give Andrew? What do you, and and that's just, we're going to get into our coverage and what Buckeye talk means a little bit more, but, but off the bat, let's give some journalism advice on a crowded beat that matters a lot. That is consumed by a lot of people. How do you try to go about thinking about you're part of our Ohio State coverage. And is there anything that maybe you've learned over your four years on the beat as you prepare to enter year five? Do you think you cover this team, I don't know, in any significantly different way than you did when you got here the first year or two? 
you know, that first year, and and I had a he's going to have Andrew's going to have about a three week head start because I started in mid August. Like I said, it was like right around my birthday. It was the day my first day of work was the day that Justin Fields was officially named the starter in 2019. So that was like the week before the first week of game prep. So man, think of all the Gunner Hoke stories you missed out on. I feel bad, man. I know. I know. I barely got to write about Hoke, Tate Martell, and any of those guys. I got some Tate Martell traffic later, though. It, 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 the gift that keeps on giving. But so, so at least he'll have, I think, a little bit more uh, familiarity and and just a little bit more time to settle in. He'll get to go to Big Ten Media Days, that sort of thing. Um, in general, though, the advice I'd give him is the advice that I want to give myself and that I'd like to apply more, which is, like I was saying before, the saturation on a beat like this can get pretty thick. And I almost think that there are times when when you're sitting down to think about what you want to write, the first thing that comes to your mind, just cross it off because there's 12 other outlets that are probably going to write that most obvious thing. Think about that next level thing and and try to carve a niche that way. I think that's something that um, we can do a better job of. And just just thinking about the beat in a different way. Now, obviously, there are things, there's basic information that fans want to know. We have to provide that to them. Sometimes uh, everybody's writing the same thing because it's an important thing. The injury update, um, a big development of some other kind. But as far as like the analysis and things like that, I've, I'm, I'm trying to be a little bit more conscious about not doing the first thing that comes to mind, putting the extra 30 seconds into thinking about the, a different thread to pull and try to come up with something a little bit more unique. All right. First break here on Buckeye Talk. When we come back, we'll talk about robots next after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Doug Maurice with Nathan Baird and Andrew Gillis. Steven remains on vacation. So it's kind of like a weird thing of like, hey, Steven, hey, have a great vacation. Also, I'm quitting. So that was kind of how that went for Steven. So that was weird. Um, and so uh, like it's unfortunate that, you know, we're doing a little bit of a torch passing here. And, and one of the guys in the relay uh, is still on vacation. But, you know, he he's on vacation. So uh, so I don't know. See you, Steven, if you're listening. I, I don't know. Thanks, man. Uh, it's been cool. So anyway, robots. We had a staff meeting. It was great. We had a sports staff meeting, I don't know, maybe two months ago. And we have people like all over the state. We we actually have a pretty decently large sports staff still, especially compared to, I think, like a lot of our of 
outlets of similar uh, size to ours. And like, it's a, it's a thing to be proud of at cleveland.com that we've been able to maintain that. And we cover a lot of things that people really care about. And we have a lot of people who do their jobs exceptionally well. But one of the things, Nathan, that we talked about was AI. And AI means uh, al- alternating information. What does AI even mean? Artificial intelligence. Is that right? Artificial intelligence? I think it's AI. Let me I think it's artificial G- intelligence. GPT real quick. Yeah. See, that feels like a thing. It's just robots. That feels like a fancy thing that robots came up with. So like that you're not as scared of the robots. First of all, they try to make it sound fancy, artificial intelligence, and then they just shorten it. And then you don't even know what the initials stand for. And at its heart, it's robots stealing our jobs. So we had a meeting. We don't yet have robots covering any of our beats. But Nathan, I came away from a meeting like that. We can't bury our heads in the sand because if you bury your head in the sand, the robots will kill you. But it's also, it doesn't mean that you stop doing your job and just be like, oh, well, I guess the robots are here. How do you think that does influence or should influence how any of us think about, in particular, what we're writing about a team? We're still trying to figure that out, obviously. And and I thought our boss had some some good examples of this, uh, Dave Campbell, of what, you know, how quickly you can get an answer back from AI right now, but how incomplete it is. So again, I think that's going back to what I was saying before, the the more specificity, the more more unique you can make any piece of information you're providing people, the better. Because I think that's something that AI still seems very surface level in, in what it is uh, spitting back to people. And we can have more nuance and depth than that. Andrew, Pro or anti-robot? Where are you on this? And I will just advise you before you answer that the robots are listening. Yeah, uh, I would probably say anti, but uh, if the robots are listening, it's not because I dislike them or you. I don't know how. I don't know how to address the robots, um, but um, uh, it is because they kind of scare me a little bit. Like the uh, you know, there I've seen kind of how this can unfold. Like I've seen people kind of use examples of this and just how instantaneous it is. Kind of, it just, I don't know. It just, that kind of makes me feel a little uneasy. I don't know what it is. It has just kind of always made me feel uncomfortable. Um, you know, I know, you know, that there are, you know, I saw something the other day where it was like, you know, people like the New York times or something is experimenting with like, uh, like AI, like to write articles and like write news breaking articles. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound very promising. Um, you know, there's just a, it just, it just scares me. So uh, it's, it's not a dislike out of distaste. It's a dislike out of fear. Buckeye talk. Buckeye talk. Uh, that was really good <laughs> because that was a good answer, but you also bent the knee to the robot overlord. Exactly. So that if, if and when they do take over, uh, you're probably in the clear. Also, I'm, I'm not myself. sure that we have to worry about what, what the New York Times is doing because all they did was lay off their entire sports staff. Yeah. So, I mean, like, well, what does it matter what they do? And then, now, to be fair, they didn't lay off the entire sports staff. They just aren't going to let them cover sports anymore. They're going to make them cover, like, <laughs> right. I don't know, gardening on Long Island or whatever you do with a baseball writer who no longer is going to write about baseball. So, anyway, robots, I my only advice is if you write a story and you look at it and you think, yeah, I think a robot could have written that write it again. So for now, and then the other thing is, you know, it's kind of good. I don't know if a robot could do a podcast, but also Nathan, I feel like we're maybe three months away from make Chile's references and talk about how you don't like us and you can do a podcast. Like it's, you think like, oh, we're all unique people and they can't replicate that. It's like, yeah, 
they probably can. Which leads us to this, Nathan. How would you describe what Buckeye Talk and the general idea of podcasting play? What role does that play, you think, in the overall coverage of a team in this day and age? And I do think we can talk about that generally because almost everybody on the Ohio State beat has a podcast. They are of varying lengths. They are of varying frequency. They are of varying quality. And you can decide where this one lands on that list. Maybe high, maybe low. But they are different. But everybody does it to some degree by now. What role do you think Buckeye Talk plays for Cleveland.com? Well, I mean, it, it's a huge role. By the way, I'm I'm very curious what happens to you the day that Chili's starts using robots to cook your food. Because that's clearly days away at, at best. Since it's you bring probably it up, already happening. I unbelievably did get a text from one of our tech subscribers who was like, I'm a cook at Chili's. I can t- tell you what's what. And I was like, this is amazing as a farewell present. But also now, now <laughs> Where you been? Yeah. we could have been doing a chili segment every week for the past eight years. And it's like now the Chili's employees are coming out of the woodwork. Um, so I don't want that robot to take that tech subscriber's job either. So no, I will continue to be I'm not I'm not bending the knee, Andrew. Save yourself, young man. Save yourself. I'm too old to bend the knee of the robots, though, Nathan. Not not rooting for it, but almost resigned to it. Um, to go back to your original question, it, it's a huge part of what we do. And I think it's it, it comes back to it's not just information that we are trying to provide. It's perspective. And I think that Buckeye Talk allows us to provide that perspective, sometimes form that perspective, like talk through that perspective when it's a result from a game or when some big development has happened and we need to quickly uh, share our thoughts with our uh, listeners. And I'm sure there's people who, who are listening to this pod who have probably noticed that happen at one time or another where something just happened and like, well, what do we think it means? And we've got to kind of bounce some ideas off of each other that in that time frame that we have uh, to decide, you know, kind of borrowing from each other as to what we think the the the, the ramifications are, um, and it's just become such a more convenient way for a lot of people to consume any kind of information. You know, I I think back to when because I've been in this business long enough to think to know about it before social media, to have experienced it before, like the pivot to doing a lot of videos and stuff. And when that came along, there was a generation older than me that really pushed back on it because they looked at it as, well, why are we doing like we're the print like we write and TV does the videos like why would we do videos? And my point always being because in the past you like either owned a printing press or you owned a a radio or satellite dish. And now we have technology that puts all of that just into your hand and we have to be. It, it's 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 convenience for the listener and it should be a tool for us because now we just have another way to reach more people and to bring the same content sometimes to people in, in a lot of different ways beyond that i think it's just been great and from watching or listening to that episode the other day and seeing some of the texts that have come in the last couple of days the maybe the biggest reason that buckeye talk is a huge part of what we do is because we get to make an actual personal connection with our listeners, especially our tech subscribers. But I think all the listeners to some extent um, 
in a way that you can't with just printed words on a screen. This is a different connection that we're making. You're building a relationship, and uh, that's been really rewarding to be a part of over these past four-plus seasons, and I'm looking forward to continuing it uh, going forward. I'm looking forward to the fact that Nathan is going to go from the middle child of Buckeye Talk, that I'm the oldest, and Nathan's in the middle, and Steven's the baby. Now Nathan's going to be the oldest, and Steven's going to be in the middle, and Andrew's going to be in the baby. So I'm looking forward to Nathan being the old man, and I'm looking forward to Andrew at times making Steven feel old. So, Andrew, I'm not asking you to speak for your entire generation, but of course I am asking you to speak for your entire generation. How would you say... You consume podcasts and things on an audio medium versus things that you read on your phone. I mean, I know you probably have never picked up a newspaper in your life, but just like, do you, do you, what's your balance of how often you listen to things that would to, to get information or get expertise and perspective versus how often you read it? That's a good question. Um, you know, I, I don't think I've ever thought of that. Like in my, I think I've just kind of always just consumed it and then not thought about the percentages. I would, I would say I honestly consume podcasts more than I do reading. And I know that might not, um, you know, I mean, it might not, it might sound crazy. Um, but podcasts for me, just generally, like any kind of podcast, whether it's this one or, or any kind of other podcast, like they're such great background activity, doing laundry, podcast on. Doing dishes, podcast is on. I'm yep. out for a walk, podcast is on. I'm driving to somewhere, it's it's either music or a podcast. Like there are just activities that I, you know, I'll be be playing a video game and I'll be playing MLB the show and I'll have a podcast on in the background. Like I there are just activities where your hands are busy, your eyes are occupied, but a podcast can just kind of free flow in the background. So I would honestly say that like we're probably at like 70, 30, 75, 25. Like I, I'm a, now I, granted, I'm a big podcast guy. I love podcasts. I listen to them a lot. Um, but like I said, they just like, when I'm out for a walk, you know, how am I going to read, uh, you know, a, how am I going to read the, the Dan Snyder story that ESPN publishes? That's, you know, going to take me 25 minutes to read it with just staring at my phone. I'm not going to do that, but I did listen to a podcast where Seth Wickersham talked to somebody about kind of the article and kind of how we folded that. So I think that honestly, I think that the, the thing that I like about podcasts is that it's such an activity that is transferable to every kind of walk of life. You know, you can do it in so many different environments, whereas reading, you have to say, I'm going to read these articles or this article, I'm going to carve time out. Whereas a podcast, you could be making dinner and you throw on a 15, 20 minute podcast and then you're good. And, and and I think that that's kind of where where I lie with with podcasts. Yeah, newspapers. I couldn't tell you the last time I picked up a newspaper in my life. No, I couldn't tell you either. And I think I'm about with you. And I'm twice your age. And I think I'm I'm that heavy, more heavy into podcasts than anything that I would read on my phone. And it was weird when I was in Europe. There still were a lot of people, and I, and I don't know why. I'm sure people have maybe written or podcasted about this, like reading papers on the train in a way that maybe that was because I was in big cities. I was in London and Paris. I don't, maybe people in New York and Chicago read papers on the train still a lot, but I felt like, oh, this is a little odd. It feels like newspapers are are maybe more gone from general society in the United States than they are uh, in Europe, but also maybe it's because uh, Ohio has lousy public transit. So I didn't experience that. Uh, Andrew, real quick, can you make a TikTok? Do you can know I how make to do, one? make a TikTok? No. I yeah. have no idea no. how to make one, 
I do have TikTok. What am I called? Like, yeah. I think it's called like a ghost user or something like that. Where like, oh. you don't have your name. It's like, you know, you see the people on Twitter where it's like first name, bunch of numbers. Like that's kind of my TikTok. It's like user nine different numbers. And I just like scroll TikTok, but I do not know how to make one. Okay. Uh, Nathan, do you think he should learn how to make a TikTok? Would that be helpful to cleveland.com and to, and to our Ohio State coverage? Uh, if it means I don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, someone's got to be the TikTok guy now. So, Andrew, if you could learn how to do that. <laughs> I did when we were on vacation because my children are on TikTok and then they make the, – the TikToks they make are like – there's like a lyric that everybody in the world is doing their own kind of thing to the lyric and that's what they always do. So we did a thing. We were sitting at lunch and my daughter was like, hey, let's do this. And of course, it was somebody singing a song with naughty words and naughty thoughts, not just naughty words, but naughty thoughts. And it was like four parts of it. So we went around the table and like my older daughter said her part, then my younger daughter, then I said my part, then my wife said her part. And every part got progressively naughtier. And my daughter put it up and it was very popular. Because we were old, middle-aged people saying, mouthing along to the lyrics of very, very naughty things. But I don't know. My kid tells me to do something, I do it. So it got, like, I don't know, over a thousand views. And then my wife, I don't know if it was my wife, sort of her standing in our community. She's kind of a person who's like on the PTA and like is very helpful in the community. Or if she was maybe thinking about my professional career and she was like, I think we should make that private. And I was like, but we're just getting viral. What are we doing? Keep it going. And so uh, it was made private. But for a brief moment, people were very excited about me mouthing. Very, like horrible. But it's just pop music, Nathan. I can't believe sometimes the things that the songs are about. Because I'll say, oh, what does this part mean? And my children try to explain it. And I'm like, I didn't know that meant that. And then I just mouth the lyrics to it. It's just life in America. What are you going to do, right? You've never sounded older on this podcast, I don't think. And that's saying something. It was so naughty. Wait till your kid grows up, Nathan. Wait, like 10 years. Bennett is going to be like, Dad, sing along to this. And you'll be, it, it will be <laughs> horrible. So anyway, uh, look for the Buckeye Talk TikTok account, courtesy of Andrew. It should be probably up and running by the time you hear this podcast, I would imagine. <laughs> and Andrew, if you can just start it off with mouthing lyrics and then get Nathan and Steven um, you know, looped into that and it'll be really cool. Um, Nathan, how do you, what's it like, do you think trying to balance on this beat, all the things that we try to do that we've tried to do that you guys are going to continue to try to do with the podcast, with our YouTube channel, where we put up videos, videos from the podcast, stand up videos with the writing that we do with the texting that we do, how would you describe sort of trying to strike that balance? And it is, it's, it's an amazing transformation from I go somewhere, I take notes, I interview people, and then I write a story about it. Now, honestly, like there's the art, everything we do in, in this coverage, Nathan, there's four parts to it. There's writing stories, there's texting, there's video, and there's audio. How do you, we go about balancing it? And what's the right balance? Well, I think we're still maybe figuring out the right balance um, but it, it, it's hard because I think all of those things have value and we have an audience that consumes all of those things. What I will say is what I believe we found the hardest to do is to do all of these sort of day-to-day -day functions that we have and including the podcast. When I started, when I came here in 2019, it was still, and for the 2019 season, it was still a Wednesday podcast, just one big Wednesday podcast and then the post-game Saturday podcast. And that, that was it. 
And then now uh, then COVID came along, we decided to try five a week and then we've just kept it up since then. So that does take up a lot of time. Um, even with your, your responsibilities kind of overseeing all that, it's still all three of us on there for a lot of time. So then the thing that I think that we uh, have struggled with is sometimes that the more substantive reported pieces that people respond to, it just takes a little bit longer to turn them around. And you have to, uh, but I will say some of that is on the, the user, the, 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 the reporter as well. That uh, again, it was talking about like priorities for this year. It's like, oh, how do I better manage my time so that we can turn more of those around? Because the, again, those it's it's about like trying to be unique and trying to give readers and listeners something that they can't hear or read anywhere else, and that needs to be more of a priority in terms of just my personal time, um, at least how I'm looking at this season. So I think that's been the one drawback, but at the same time. Maybe we've sacrificed a little bit of that, but I think we've given people uh, unique angles on this podcast, um, whether that's things we've done with the texters, whether that's like a series we've done, things like that. Like that we, we, if we haven't always been able to write about Ohio State as much in a unique way as we wanted to, we have always, I think, talked about Ohio State in as unique way as possible. Andrew. What we do here, it's sort of what we do with every team that we cover at Cleveland.com. It is the balance of these four separate things. How did you feel like the podcast fit into what you guys did with your Bengals coverage last season? And what, what did you learn from the way you guys balanced your coverage there that you think you would be interested in applying to what you're going to do here with Ohio State? Well, I mean, with the podcast, you know, one of the things that, I mean, this is the, that was the first time that I did a podcast five days a week. Um, and that's a lot. <laughs> and I got, you know, I had done podcasts before where, you know, it's a once a week thing or it's a, you know, a, a Friday and a Monday thing before and after an NFL game. Like, um, you know, so one of the things that I liked about that was that it just kind of gave you the ability to kind of talk things out. Um, you know, I think sometimes that, you know, like if I get, you know, like if I get on this podcast in October and, you know, I tell, you know, I say, hey, they, Ohio State should have gone for two here. And Nathan says, well, no, they shouldn't. Like you can you can have a debate and kind of see another person's point of view in a more free flowing type of manner. Then, what do you mean by that? What do you mean see another person's point of view? I don't I don't know what that means. Well, what so, do you, mean? you know, like if, you know, we, we get on the podcast post game and, uh, you know, for example, because Doug is never wrong. Um, you know, so I, I mean, if Doug would say oh, something, I would have yeah. to listen to mm -hmm. him because um, he'd right. be right. right. Um, but like mm -hmm. anyone else, you know, we can we can just kind of have have a debate. and You can maybe see how another person thinks or kind of where they're coming from. And <laughs> I just kind of enjoyed that. Yeah, that sounds like a good way to podcast. No, that that you sounds think. good. I think that you guys should try that sometime. Um, did you like doing the podcasts? Did you like doing the podcast with the Bengals? It was with our guy Muhammad, who's a great host. What did you think of that experience? Yeah, the you know the podcast. You know, I like I just like talking football. Like it's you know sometimes I'm, I mean it's better than just kind of having all of these voices in my head just kind of every day telling, you know, this, that, and the other. So, you know, I did like, uh, I, I did kind of like talking it out. Cause like I said, you can, even if, you know, you can just kind of, you know, unload your opinion and just kind of get it out there and say, here's what I'm thinking, or here's what I'm curious about, or here's, you know, why didn't they, you can be critical, you can be complimentary, you can just kind of 
be everything. And I think that that is a nice little medium because sometimes you like, you have all of these thoughts in your head and you're like, how do I write this? Like, I've got 17 different things going on about this one particular instance or this two particular things. Like, how in the hell do I put this in a column or in a story that makes any kind of sense? But over a 35 minute podcast, you can absolutely do that, you know? And so, you know, I, I did like kind of that aspect of things, just kind of being able to, you know, talk through it with, with someone else and with other guests and stuff that we had. And, you know, also just kind of talk it through with myself because sometimes you say something out loud and you're like, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. I just, just to clarify, I think you misspoke earlier. You said 35 minute podcast. I think you meant hour and 35 minute podcast, right? <laughs> It is funny, Nathan. I mean, this is definitely my process too. That I think it's for a lot of sports writers. And before podcasts, you just had conversations in the press box. And I've mentioned this many times. Bo Bishop, the great radio host in Columbus and Cleveland, is a guy that he and I, like at halftime, we'd be like, okay, what are we doing here? And we would end up having a conversation that now would be a podcast. And Tim May, over the years, Tim May and I will be in the parking lot. And now that we we have podcasts. We find ourselves having conversations that are like, hey, man, this would be a good podcast. And we're like, why are we doing it? But Nathan, I think we, we, you know, we've said things like save it for the podcast. We do reach that point where I do like when we hit on something. And I think the listeners, Nathan, can hear it. And I'll say it sometimes. Like the podcast itself is part of the writing process. But I think when when the listeners can understand how you got from point A to point B and why you came to the conclusion that you came to, you can almost see the light bulbs over our heads sometimes, Nathan, when we realize, oh, this is what we think this actually means. And I think that can be a very engaging listen for people. And then I do think it can make the stories better, Nathan. No, I agree. Like the best example is we'll be standing around on a field the field after a game and starting to talk about something we're going to do either in a video or, but sometimes it's not even one of the things that we're going to talk about in a video. And yeah, that's where Saver for the pod often comes up. It's like cutting each other off and be like, listen, we're going to have to talk about this for 90 minutes later. Let's not do it twice. So, uh, but no, like I was saying before, I, I feel like it has been a good sounding board for us and we get to be a conduit for, fans like as as Andrew was saying a lot of times you're listening to a podcast in a, a solitary way like you're doing your chores you're driving somewhere I listen to them as I fall asleep at night sometimes like you it, it's it's you but you're in those situations especially when we get a good debate going you're taking somebody's side and they're kind of having this argument through uh you or you're having it through them I guess would be a better way to say it having it through us and again, that just goes back to the connection that we get to have with fans. We're not fans, but we take the side of fans and we try to stand up for fans. And sometimes we're both or all three of us are standing up for fans in different ways as we analyze the team, talk about the program, that sort of thing. Okay. Last break. When we come back, what might Buckeye Talk be like? Hmm fascinating i'm very curious to hear myself we'll do that next on buckeye talk with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown 
And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Doug Maurice back with Nathan Baird and Andrew Gillis. You guys know if you want to be part of it, how you can do it. 614-350-3315. It makes you a tech subscriber with a two-week free trial. You get the link back. You sign up. It's really easy. It's really easy to get out of it. This is a good time to start. Nathan, the, the Big Ten preseason poll is in the works right now. Uh, are you starting to get some of those responses back from the people out there uh, covering the various Big Ten teams? I am. You know, it's always a tricky time to try to do that because people are coming off a of vacation or going on vacation and things like that. But, yeah, we've got a good batch of responses so far. I'm going to send out another reminder here into this week. I think by Monday next week we're going to have a, a pretty robust response. So um, it, I have not looked at the responses yet, though. But uh, I think there are some things that I, I'd be surprised if Marvin Harrison Jr. wasn't preseason offensive player of the year. Um, there's some I, I think Michigan will probably be the favorite to win the Big Ten, but but we'll see. It's it's always um, uh, great to have that for posterity to see what people thought going into a year and how wrong we all were. Often, so that will be discussed on a Buckeye Talk next week, right? That will be unveiled. Right. That will be, what the I results are? Think that will probably be Tuesdays. Buckeye talk because the results will come out Tuesday morning. Okay. And I will say I, you know, they have people vote the big 10. They do like their 10 preseason big 10 players to watch. Um, I voted in that a couple days ago and I don't know if I forgot this. or Remember it. It's not just the, the 10 it's five from each division and you're not allowed to talk about it. Not allowed to talk about it, but getting to five in the East was like, how do you pick five? Yeah. And getting to five in the West was like, can I stop at two? It was just, and so we're not going to have divisions after this year. It's going to be different. But it was one last reminder of so like this last year of the way the Big Ten is going to exist. But make sure you stay tuned for that Cleveland.com poll. The results of it on Cleveland.com early next week. The discussion of it on Buckeye Talk. And, and again, it's the thing that people reference. And on the list of things that I'm proud of that we have done, um, that's right up near the top, Nathan, that that um, we started it and, and you have taken it on since you got here. And I, I think it's like a service to people. Like, it's not just like, hey, it's not just a service for us. We're happy that it kind of went this way. But we fill the gap because all the other conference that, you know, you see stuff coming out right now. Hey, the Pac-12, because a lot of the other conferences don't just do the preseason predictions officially through the conference. They do a preseason all-conference team that is voted on through the conference by media that cover the conference. We don't do that because I think I actually think that's sometimes too big of a lift. And I don't know how educated that is. And that's a lot of famous names and perception because nobody in the preseason is like, you know who I think is going to be a really good left guard this year. But anyway, that's how far a lot of the other conferences go. And the Big Ten is like, 
list 10 guys, but let's also be fair. Let's make it five from each division. So Nathan, we do, you must feel that, right? When you're putting in this work to find the people, to send out the email, to, get, to tabulate the votes, it matters, right? It, absolutely. I, I feel a big responsibility to keep that going and to, to try to do it accurately, which we've been trying to automate it a little bit more and more every year to try to avoid any any dumb mistakes. And but more to the point, like the other the reporters and who participate, a lot of them um, thank us for doing it. They're eager to vote. They're eager to see what the results are, because, again, they want that posterity that they want that to be able to point to throughout this year to, to be able to point back to it in the future as to what this snapshot of the consensus of the league was going into this year. All right. Let's get to the nuts and bolts. What are you guys going to change? How are you taking this in a new direction, Baird? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? to what you, No. Hey, what a, what a fantastic opportunity to reinvent Buckeye Talk. Uh, I will say, I have thought about this a lot of times, and I bet, Nathan, you've thought it in your life. Usually when there's a presidential debate, somebody or multiple media outlets tracking it when it's over and there's nine people on the stage when it's over, they'll say, here's the length of time that everyone talked. And this candidate talked for 28 minutes and 11 seconds. And this candidate only talked for seven minutes and 43 seconds. I think about that kind of thing a lot. And I don't know that I would ever want someone to do it on here because it would probably be embarrassing to me. Maybe you have done it yourself, Nathan. Be like, I just want to see what this is. How, what did, he, did we do a 90-minute podcast and he talked for 73 minutes? I think that might be what it is. So I understand that there is opportunity here because in every way, in every aspect of my life, but especially professionally, I literally take up a lot of air in the room. What's the future of Buckeye Talk, Nathan? How do you think it might, I'm not even going to say change, evolve? Great question. Another one that we're still figuring out. I would say, though, that as we're on the precipice of a season, and two-thirds of this um, team is still uh, holdovers from, from what we've been doing for the, since 2019 or be it before, um, it probably is not going to change in a noticeable way in terms of like format or, or how we approach things for the coming season, I wouldn't think. Because a lot of what we do is, is based around how the, the, season, the week unfolds. You know what I mean? Like we go to Tuesday morning interviews, we pod off of that. We um, do a preview pod. We pod after the games on Saturday. We try to get another pod in after we rewatch the games early in the week. So right there, that's four. Um, and so it's kind of set up for us during the season. What I think is going to be more interesting is when we get to, I'm just throwing a date out, like, you know, February 17th or whatever. And you're before the spring has started and the portal is closed or whatever. And you, there, what we've, what you've done a great job of, and we've tried to help over the years is just be, keep being creative and being topical and coming up with ways to bring value to everyone who's listening to this all year round, five days a week, 52 weeks a year, unless we take some time off, but that's been rare. Um, it's that's the hard part of it really is, is keep, keep coming up with those things in the off season. And that's where, and Steven's going to have a big role in this too, that we're going to have to try to, to step up to your level the most probably is just to, to keep that, the, the hamster on the wheel all year long coming up with uh, a new and, and fun thing to talk about. 
I do know there's been like varying degrees of discussions over the years at cleveland.com about sort of like narrative podcasting, long form podcasting, that kind of thing. I just, in the last couple months, because I've, I've struggled with this and people I think have noticed this is I just don't write that much anymore. I just don't. I mean, like, I just don't. And it's kind of by choice and kind of not by choice. And I still enjoy writing, but writing is difficult and talking is easy. So I really have finally just in the last couple months come to the idea of like a podcast is just a column. Like it's just the thing that back in the day I would have written a column about this is now I just talk the column on Buckeye Talk. And I do think there are opportunities to, all right, Nathan, you are reporting a heavily reported story or, you know, like you're talking to a bunch of people about something. And maybe that means bringing in sound or maybe it means just synthesizing what people said. But there's our opportunities, it's more difficult and it requires some help and it probably requires some editing help and that kind of thing. But I think, a, I mean, a lot of places do that kind of stuff where a podcast is a story. Um, I'll start with you, Andrew. That kind of thing, trying to make that kind of thing, does that interest you at all? Or do you kind of like the kind of podcasting where it's sort of people sitting around shooting the breeze about a topic that's interesting like they were at a bar or a press box hanging out together? And the answer might be both. Or the answer might be like, no, I really lean one way or the other. No, yeah, I think the answer is both. Um, not to, you know, take a cop out, I guess. I, I think it's both because I think sometimes you, you know, one of the things that I, you know, at least when I listen to podcasts, one of the things that I look for is I want to be entertained first and foremost. I mean, I could be hearing some great information. And if I'm just sitting there listening to it, like, Dear God, this, I mean, this guy sounds like my high school math teacher. Like I'm going to turn it off. Like I, I just can't do that. Um, you know, I, I, so I think you do need kind of the, okay, this, this sounds like people who know what they're talking about. They're sitting around, they're having a very casual chat and I'm entertained. I'm list, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying this, blah, blah, blah. But I think, like you said, with the narrative podcasting, I think that's a good curveball, I guess, if you will, to kind of throw people. I think you just need, I think. Any answer that involves all of one of them on, you know, we want to only do this or only do that. I don't think that's the correct answer. So I, I kind of lean both just because I think that that gives you the most ranging series of topics to, to discuss. Um, I think that it makes for the most interesting podcast for people to listen to. Um, so I think that, you know, the, you know, kind of like a lot of things, I think the truth kind of falls in the middle there with uh, with a little bit of both. What do you think of that, Nathan? No, I think it's definitely something that we need to consider and, um, and, and, and when the time comes, put like those sorts of resources. It's a great thing to try to attempt in the off season. Um, or even if it's going to run during the season, you have to do the heavy lifting of it in the off season, obviously just from a time perspective. But I think even if you were to just try to limit it to Cleveland stories from Ohio State football, I think there's a lot of great topics out there, like Cleveland adjacent things that we could probably really lean into and do some interesting stuff with. So who do you think is going to talk the most now, Nathan? Do you think it'll be you? Do you think it'll be Steven? Or do you think like Andrew swoops in and is like, I got this. Clear out for the new guy. That's Isolation. Great. great question. I think it could be a pretty tough fight uh, week to week. Mm. Maybe somebody out there will have to track. You know, to answer your question before, no, I have not gone back and tracked. Because you talk so much that I don't have time for that sort of thing. I have to yeah. move on to the next thing. But it might be easy because if you would just start it as like, oh, it's 11 minutes in. Here, let me mark this. Let me fast forward to 24 minutes in. Oh, Doug's still talking. Okay, that was a 13-minute chunk. It might be easy to do. Maybe. One of my favorite moments recently was we were having a meeting, and 
I was talking a lot during this meeting. I don't remember what the topic was now. Um, but you had to like wait a long time for your turn to talk and your head, you admitted like your head was about to explode. I think it was like 12 minutes. We we're like 12 minutes into the meeting. I was like, oh, I, can't, I can't do this anymore. So yeah, that is, uh, that, that caused some self-reflection that maybe in an, another person would have changed behavior. But I felt like I viscerally felt something in my body when I was being silent. So anyway, Andrew, congratulations on not having to deal with that. So I will look forward to what this iteration of Buckeye Talk will sound like. I, I know that the listeners will love it. And um, I just want to say that this, oddly, this is probably the most difficult thing I've ever done in my professional life. And in like a, I would say strange, but just like such a lucky way, it's probably like the best thing that's ever happened in my professional life just because of the things that people have sent to me. And so it has felt like, um, you know, like people are saying goodbye in some ways and it's not goodbye because it's not goodbye for this podcast and it's not goodbye for me. You'll find me. I'm not going to talk about that now, but you can find me and I'll talk about that some other time um, of what's next for me. But what people have sent is stuff that I'll like remember forever and I'll take with me forever. And I think we knew that we connected with people, but I don't think I knew. Um, I certainly didn't know the full scope of it and the personal stories that people send. Um, it makes it feel like this little podcast about a football team in the great big world. You know what, what we're doing. And I think we've always thought this, Nathan, is what we do isn't important. But if what we do helps somebody who's doing something important, if it lightens their load, if it brings them a smile, if it helps them stay informed about a team that they love, Ohio State football should be a distraction, should be a thing that you have passion about, but yet it's fun, right? Which is why we talk about that so much. And so our role is only you're a nurse, you've had a tough shift, you love the Buckeyes, maybe we can help you out with that, right? You have something going on with your family that feels difficult for you and you're taking a break and maybe we can help you out with that. That's it. That's all we can do, Nathan, because I, like my daughter is watching Lost right now and it's one of these things like, hey, if you haven't watched Lost, it's like, hey, everyone likes the doctor. It's like, yeah, because like he's keeping you alive. And now we just got to one of the episodes where someone's a clinical psychologist and it was like, oh, that's really valuable because she's going to help somebody like find a memory. And it's like, well, that's a little convenient. Can you imagine you la you crash on a deserted island, Nathan? And it's like, oh, what skills do you bring to this person I've never met? And they're like, I'm a podcast host. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, go chop wood, idiot. I'm a podcaster and I write about a sport that we're probably not going to play here mm -hmm. on this deserted island. I think, uh, spoiler alert, I'm the guy who would be voted most deserving to get sucked into the, the plane engine at the first scene of uh, of Lost after they crash onto the, the island. Um, no, but listen, I consume podcasts the same way. I, I was thinking, as you said that, I started thinking back through, and I, I mean, I occasionally listen to some things that are more hard news, but a lot of what I listen to are subjects that another person would rightly consider frivolous. It's it's uh, some other kind of sports or sports related thing, or it's movies or things like that, gambling, like those sorts of things that there, someone could that would have no impact on someone's life. They could have a completely full life; it doesn't impact them at all. And 
uh, but but to me, they have great value. They enrich my life. And I think that's the attitude that we've always brought to this is that we understand how passionate people are about this team, about this sport, about this institution. And we, again, we don't have to be fans of the team to recognize that passion and try to reward it with the, the insight and attention that we give. All right, Gillis, you ready, man? You ready for this? You ready to do this? Let's do it. I, uh, I'm very, see, I'm, it's been, like I said, it's been a big week, but I just kind of, every once in a while, I keep thinking about like certain events and certain things that are going to happen throughout the year. And I kind of get excited all over again. Like, I think one of the things, uh, you know, I have a couple friends that, you know, are on the beat, uh, or that live in Columbus and I've just kind of been talking to them. And, you know, I, uh, you know, uh, you know, Doug and I have talked, uh, one of my buddies, Spencer Holbrook covers the team too. and, And we were talking the other day and I said, I can't wait for the Buckeyes to be 11 and 0 and me to say, wow, you know, they're having a great season, blah, blah, blah. Me to heat praise on them. And somebody say, I genuinely don't care that they're 11 and 0 like beat Michigan. Who cares that they won, that they beat Notre Dame and Penn state by a combined 45. I don't care. Like I want that. Like I want to have their five and one because they lost to Notre Dame or whatever they would be at Notre Dame. And the sky is like, I'm, I'm really excited to kind of feel the, and I say this lovingly, like the insanity of this all, like I, that's what, that's why we all love college football, right? Like, so I'm, I'm excited for it. I, um, I'm really excited to kind of see this. I mean, college football is the best regular season in all of sports. And now I get to kind of have that. So I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about it and I'm excited to, uh, to get rolling here. I'm sad Doug's not going to be here, but I, uh, I am very excited to get rolling. It's a great opportunity. It's, the best lens in college football through which to view college football. I think the sport is going to get better in the 12 team playoff era. It's going to be very different. There's not going to be the urgency of every single loss. I think in a lot of ways that'll be healthy. We've talked about that a lot here, but it still is going to matter. And, and, and the thing that one of the things that I've been reminded of, and again, this relationship with our tech subscribers and our podcast listeners helps us as much as it helps, probably helps us more because we get to understand things from the fans. And I really push the idea of does that beat Bama? Does that beat Bama? Does that beat Bama? Great. You beat Rutgers. But like, that's not really what this is about. And it is a reminder. And I would just leave, you know, leave you with this, Andrew. It's still valuable that for three and a half hours, an Ohio State fan went to a game and watched their team kick somebody's tail. And even if it's Rutgers and even if it's Youngstown State, like your team won. And that's exciting. And I, at times over the years, have lost sight of that because it's always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? There is great value in having a good Saturday. I had a good Saturday. What happened? My extremely talented team that I follow beat an overmatched team by seven touchdowns. But that doesn't mean that we should ignore that while analyzing the team, because that's a really good Saturday. So I think of all the things where I've fallen short, and I have in many ways over the years, that's one that I've I've tried, and it's just recent for me, like realizing, hey, man, I don't... And I've thought that too about sometimes like terrible pro teams, having a great player, and it's like, well, you, you're not going to get to the World Series with this guy. It's like, you stink. And it's like, yeah, but watching that player yeah. every game has value into itself. And so to like immediately trade that player for five prospects because you're trying to win four years from now, I think most of the time I agree with moves like that, but there is value in what players and teams provide as an experience for fans without the context. We are very context heavy here, and I like that. But it's not only about context. Sometimes it's about, man, 
I don't care how overmatched the secondary was. I just watched Marvin Harrison Jr. do some stuff that I've never seen anybody do before. Which with the now the NFL, Andrew, nobody's ever completely overmatched in the same way, right? In the year that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl, they lost to the Jets in the regular season. But there have to be times when, all right, even if the Bengals lose, or even if they were favored by nine and a half and they won by three, and it was like, oh, they didn't play great. There must have been a moment where Jamar Chase did something or Joe Burrow did something or T Higgins did something that it was like, well, that was stinking awesome, man. Like who cares about context? Yeah. The, you know, well, the, 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 who cares about context? You know, the throw, I remember um, he made a throw against the bills that didn't count. It was a, a throw to the back of the end zone in the snow to Jamar Chase. And you just like watch that and you're like, this is really cool. Like just kind of seeing like, like this is the quarterback that Bengals fans have, or like, th- like this is it. Like this is the guy who's going to be here for 12 years. And um, you know, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned the, um, you know, sometimes fans just want to watch their team kick somebody else's tail for three hours. And then who cares about the rest? Um, you know, my dad is a big Ohio State fan from Pennsylvania. Um, he's from Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania, and he grew up kind of in that Penn State corridor. And I remember last year um, they beat Penn State. Well, it was like 45-28 or 45-31 or something like that. And he, uh, I remember the second the game ends, he calls me and he was like, they scored 45 points and people are saying they didn't play well enough. Like what did they do? He's like, they, they beat Penn state and like they, they did great and blah, blah, blah. And he, he was just kind of basking in the enjoyment of that win. And uh, so I've kind of experienced that firsthand too. Cause he was like, I don't care that they, you know, that maybe they didn't play their best game. They just beat Penn state by two touchdowns. So I, uh, I think that that hits home for me a little bit. And I, I do kind of see what you mean there. I think Nathan, didn't we like add a category like in the post game pod where we were like make, making ourselves let's talk about a cool thing that happened before we get to the I don't know if they played Georgia like I, we've struggled with this at times I think it's fair to say right it's tough because this fan base as we've found out over the years from various polls and everything we've done like there's a different you know what what Andrew said before about the, the people being eleven and zero and are like who cares you still got to beat Michigan. Um, that's probably true of, of basically everybody, but the people who, who could look at last year in a, with a loss to Michigan and still see the value, there was some variance there. And just as there is, I think after every game and, um, we have to, it's, it's a tough line to walk, but we have to try to do both. I think we have to try again, going back to that perspective that there are plenty of teams. I think this is a good thing that we have. We, we do remind people of this. You get to a certain point of the year and you'll be like, okay, well, maybe that wasn't as pretty as you thought it was going to be. But Ohio, Ohio State isn't team A that lost to so-and-so a couple weeks ago. And they're not team B that lost to so-and-so a couple weeks ago. Like they found a way to win. And that hasn't always been the case. They've had some of those unexpected, embarrassing losses over the years that have cost them. So I think that perspective is important. And at the same time, though, I, I think part of our job, as you've correctly pointed out, is to always be viewing this through the lens of the Ohio State standard. And the Ohio State standard is not just beating Michigan. It's beating Michigan en route to winning the Big Ten and winning the Big Ten en route to winning a national championship. And it's um, not fair to expect them to do that every year, but it's ex- it's fair to judge them by that standard because that is a standard that they themselves say that they're chasing. So just let me interject here real quick. Are you saying, do you think that, Ohio State has a national championship standard, Nathan. Do you want to do like 90 minutes on that real quick before I go? We just did that a couple weeks ago, yeah. Oh, yeah. We just did that. So that's the one thing. I'm not leaving thinking like, oh, I wish we would. Like, we kind of – we've done a lot. 
So um, I hope to finish soon a landing page for all the Buckeye Retalkables on Cleveland.com that will have all the episodes right there that if you Google, hopefully it'll be like in the Google machine, like Google Buckeye Talk and Retalkables and Reliving Ohio State. And there'll be a page where all of them will be there so that you can easily find those Buckeye Talk episodes because I think those are really fun. And we've just done a ton here and we've been lucky to do it. And I will say, um, I'm going to try to get through this. The the thing and the, the messages that I've gotten on text and on Twitter uh, and on email um, is just uh, humbling. And thank you for everybody. Uh, and it's it's nice to know that there were people out there listening. And the thing that connects with me the most and I think connects with a lot of you the most is whenever people say, uh, my dad and I listen to Buckeye talk and then we'll talk about it. Or my friend and I listen to Buckeye talk and then we'll call each other and talk about it. And we've gotten messages about people listening uh, in the hospital. We've gotten messages about people being at difficult moments in their lives and flipping on Buckeye talk and listening to that. And that's what sports should be at its best. It should be a celebration. It should be a distraction. And it should be a thing that brings people together. And at, at its best, it, that's absolutely what it is. Go look in the parking lot at Ohio Stadium on a game day. It is a thing that brings people together. And you chase something together. You have highs. You have lows. You have things you'll never forget. You'll have things you want to forget and can't. But when it's something that connects you, and I think so many people, I mean, you're you're brought to sports. You can feel like your sports are just in you when you're born. Someone's got to bring you to sports. And often it's a parent. It might be a grandparent. It might be an aunt or an uncle or a cousin or a family friend. And they got you into this. Maybe you just absorbed it. But even if you just absorbed it from life, there's probably a person out there that was part of that absorption. So if, if in any way we can help you stay connected to those people then that might be the one sliver of a thing that we actually do that's important. We give you and your people that you love something to talk about. And so as the last thing that I'll say on this podcast, there is a, a loyal listener who I know him from Twitter. I've seen him on Twitter and his name is Skip Orem and he's in hospice care right now. And I was corresponding with his wife today and uh, she was saying that Buckeye Talk has been something that Skip and his son have talked about over the years and that Skip has been, Skip is one of the people that gives us jobs. It's why we are have the privilege of doing something like this for money because people like Skip exist. And so Skip Orem matters to Buckeye Talk. And the idea that Buckeye Talk matters to people like Skip Orem and his family is the kind of thing that keeps you going. So thank you, Skip. Our thoughts and our prayers and any strength that anybody in, in Buckeye Talk Nation can send through the air to the Skip Orem family. Uh, it's a reminder. It's a humbling reminder. And that's because of Ohio State football. It's because what Ohio State football has been what the people around Ohio State football, the energy that they put into it, what these players, they put their bodies and brains on the line every Saturday to create something that people have passion for and that then brings those people together. So um, we're thinking about Skip and his family right now. And 
it's been a privilege to uh, talk to people like Skip and everybody else listening since this podcast launched in 2015. So I will never forget. This is the highlight of my career. It will always be the highlight of my career that this podcast is fun and that anybody listened is remains a miracle to me. So I'm going to give you my email address. I mean, I cried twice on the Wednesday pod. It's like, oh my God, like, oh, he's going to give us our email address. It's like, he's, he said we were his only friends. He said he has no friends and his only friends are people who listen through uh, to this podcast. So dlaymaurice at gmail.com. I still have the AOL, but I'm afraid I'll break AOL. Like, I don't know when AOL is going to just drop off the face of the earth. D-L-E-S-M-E-R-I-S-E-S at gmail.com. If you want to stay connected, if you want to, know what's going on with me again it's not going to be hard to find me but i also know you're going to be here listening to buck i talk listening to nathan listening to steven and listening to andrew so nathan andrew you're the new guy you'll be fine you're young young people are always fine nathan it's been a pleasure man i can remember us having lunch when you came on this uh we're thinking about coming on this beat i'm so glad you did uh i wish steven was here so i could say him to uh, say the same to him but you've been a, a great partner and uh it's been a pleasure podcasting with you all these years man yeah, no, I, I remember that conversation well, talking about um, – I remember the first podcast conversation I had after – before I'd even really started, before we were just announcing that I was coming and talking about uh, chilies and square cut pizza and then all sorts of things like that. You know, important important groundbreaking things yeah. that we then followed up on for the next five years. So um, we're going to miss you. It's been uh, a pleasure working with you. You've, you've taught me a lot, and it's uh, – big shoes to to try to fill obviously because especially as it comes to this podcast you've been sort of the face of the franchise and uh you worked hard to um to be that and to to lead the way here and uh we have to pick up um where you're uh, handing this off to us all right that'll do it thanks everybody for andrew gillis and nathan baird and Stephen Meeps. He's not here. He's on vacation, <laughs> but I still get, you still get to say it. And you know what? For Tim Bielek, for Ari Wasserman, for Bill Landis, for everybody uh, that was ever part of Buckeye Talk in any way, for all of the listeners, for all of your spouses who have been driven crazy by us, for all of your kids that listen to the theme song and sing along, for Mike Lewis, who wrote that amazing, amazing theme song for us and has helped define Buckeye talk. And we're indebted to him uh, for that forever for Dave Campbell and Chris Quinn and, and everybody uh, at cleveland.com that ever did anything to make this possible. Um, you, you can't do this alone and maybe you can do it alone, but nobody will listen. You can't find an audience alone. So for everybody who has ever given one ounce of sweat equity to this podcast adventure, and it has been an adventure for everybody. I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs> <laughs>